Good afternoon and welcome back to Office Hours, the William & Mary Law School podcast. I am your host, Scott McMurtry, and once, back once again with Noah Chauvin, who is a 3L. Uh, he is currently the editor-in-chief of the William & Mary Law Review, and uh, I thought that in keeping with last week's um, kind of desire to shed light on some of the more prominent student leaders here at the school to give people a good picture of what we do here at William & Mary, uh, I thought Noah would be a nice uh, second guest. Also, he's very accessible and it's pretty easy to book him, So, I, although he is very busy. So I appreciate him giving us a little bit of time to talk about not just what he does with Law Review, but just his experience with William Mary generally. Um, just by way of background, Noah is from upstate New York and matriculated at SUNY Geneseo. Uh, Geneseo. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, again, uh, Editor-in-Chief of Law Review right now, um, has also been involved with various other things that maybe he can shed more light on in his time at William & Mary. So, Noah, what else do people, should people know about you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, in addition to being the Editor-in-Chief of the Law Review, uh, I'm also a member of the trial team. Um, I'm an Associate Chair of the Honor Council, and uh, I'm a member of the Appellate and Supreme Court Clinic as well. A lot of stuff because <laughs> each of those are arguably full-time things in, the, in their own right. In addition to being in school, <laughs> so uh, Noah has definitely um, uh, a full plate. So uh, I did have the idea to talk primarily about law review. Although, again, let's have a wide-ranging discussion about sounds, yeah, sounds good uh, to me. Everything that you think is relevant here at school. Um, but so I think a lot of listeners, whether you're in law school or otherwise know that journals um, are a big part of law students' lives and it's a big thing that um, schools kind of point to as um, indicators of their academic um, prowess, so to speak. So being editor-in-chief of Law Review, which is the most prominent journal at the school, what do you think the real function of a law journal is? How would you summarize it to somebody who doesn't, who knows what they are but doesn't really know much about them? Yeah, so law journals are, are kind of unique in the in the world of academia, right? In, in most fields, professors publish their research in um, uh, journals that are, are kind of peer-reviewed um, and professionally produced. Um, in legal academia, uh, professors publish their scholarship in, in law reviews and journals. Um, and so that's that's our primary function is, is to serve kind of as a conduit for professors to get their research out there. Okay, that's so... I guess, again, like in keeping with, you know, pretend like I don't know anything. And I don't know much about journalism. <laughs> I, mean, I guess technically still a member of boards, but a very, very minor one. Um, what What is the, I, I guess if you could just briefly describe the, the structure from the student end um, in terms of the personnel, how you, um, the process of taking potential articles, turning them into publications, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd kind of starting with the personnel, um, we're divided kind of roughly into to, um, uh, staff um, and then an editorial board. And so the staff includes all of our 2Ls and a, a decent chunk of our 3L members. Um, and so, so we only have 2Ls and 3Ls who are on the journal. Um, and they do um, kind of a lot of the front end site checking and editing. So they're the first ones to really get their hands on an article. Um, and from them, it passes up um, uh, to the editorial board. And we have kind of various levels of editors who do um, a, a really huge number of edits on the articles. So they've been through, I think it's something like almost a dozen stages of editing um, from when we get them in the door until they you know, kind of appear in our book um, when they're complete. Um, in terms of uh, you know, actually getting the articles in the door, um, that starts, 
Uh, so we, we select our new board um, from our kind of 2L staff members. Um, we're actually going to pick, uh, so I, I'm the editor-in-chief of Volume 60. We're picking Volume 61's board this coming Saturday. Yeah, we're, I, I was going to say it's an opportune time to talk about this stuff. Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> on the verge of uh, regime change. Uh, exactly, and uh, I, I'm sure many people think it can't come soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Um, so the, the new board gets picked in early February, um, and they pretty quickly start on, on article selection because um, the, there are two big periods where professors are kind of putting their work out there. Um, and so one is sort of February to about May, and then the other is July to September. Um, and so our new board will um, start reviewing all the submissions that we get, um, and they'll, they'll pick some ones that they really like and offer to publish them, and hopefully we bring them in the door. Um, and then from there, they go through kind of the, the various stages of the editing process. Mm-hmm. That's always been, I, I actually didn't realize this until last year, how abrupt at least this transition looks from the outside of like the whole board flipping over because, you know, it's two L's and a three L's. And it's just, it strikes me as a, a pr- fairly dramatic upheaval in the middle of a school year. I'm sure it's a little, it's a little more, probably smoother than that, especially since everybody's already involved with the journal. It's not like, you know, doing, hiring a company you know, firing everybody and hiring right. people have no idea what's going on. But it is, it is, especially last year, like, was your experience, did you feel like you were just all of a sudden being thrown in the deep end you had to figure a lot of stuff out? Or was it smoother than, like, I seem to think it might have been? I mean, so it's a little bit of both, right? I, and it's something, last year's board did a really good job of, of kind of trying to make sure that we knew what was going on and what was coming. Um, but it, you do feel a little bit like you're being thrown to the wolves just because the, the volume of work um, is so great. And it, it, you've really hit on, it, it's one of the main kind of challenges of, of law journal publishing, right? Is that if everything goes well and everyone graduates, you have kind of 100% turnover every year. Um, in the board, and so it, it's a little difficult to build up institutional knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it, it, even like the middle of the academic year seems like a rough time to do it. But I guess when you think about it, there's really no other way you it, can handle it with what people's commitments are for the bar and everything um, after the school year. Like that, yeah, that would seem to be logical if you don't have all these other considerations in the background. No, absolutely, and that's um, and that's it's really when we need to start it in order. To, order to kind of get everything done uh, in time for graduation um, because it just it takes uh, you know several months to kind of get through everything and so we need to in order to keep our schedule on pace we need to start editing kind of the, the volume that's coming out the next school year in the in the spring semester mm-hmm. yeah, that, uh, I guess that makes sense when you, you know, think about it for a minute <laughs> yeah <laughs> not really done uh, to this point so um, how do you think your Involvement with Journal, both as a 2L um, staff member, I guess, and then also um, in your position now, has uh, impacted your law school experience? No, I, I think it's had a huge impact. Um, and I think it, it starts out with kind of the skills that everyone tells you you're going to develop, right? You're going to become a, a much better editor. You're going to become much more adept at the blue book. Good podcasting. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, have interesting things to talk to people I've gotten, about. I've gotten much better at that. <laughs> That's not, it wasn't advertised. Um, And so I think, you know, and that it really is one of the benefits. And it's something I've noticed, um, particularly this year. Um, I'm I'm a much better writer. I I noticed grammatical rules I didn't notice before. Um, uh, And, you know, part of that's just a function of how much reading you're doing. And part of it's a function of how much editing you're doing. Um, I've also learned a ton. Um, And and there are things 
that I, I wouldn't have ever been exposed to in law school um, if I hadn't been on the journal and hadn't you know been forced to kind of edit these articles. Um, and that's, you know, it, it really happens at all stages of the editing process. So when you're site checking, you have to verify that every assertion the author makes, you know, is supported somewhere. Um, and, and so you have to kind of go out and, and, and learn a little bit in that author's field. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, it happens later too. Yeah, I imagine that, and I've experienced this to some degree with another student organization, but you learn like kind of those managerial and, and pers- like people management type skills that you would not, you don't get from classes or oh, yeah, the, no. the absolute bare minimum, bare bones law school experience. I got that's, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that strikes me as something oh, yeah. you've probably cultivated. No, and it's been a, a huge benefit. I think um, for, you know, someone in my position particularly, um, because I, you know, I, I went straight through to law school from undergrad, um, and and now I'm, I'm responsible for an organization. We got um, it's myself, you know, 79 other people um, who are on the law review, and we've got two administrative assistants. So I've got a staff. Work kind for of, you officially. Yes, right. Yeah, no, I, I've got you know, and it feels weird to say it, but I've yeah. got a staff of 81 people, and I, I could have an incredibly successful legal career and never again be responsible for this many people. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> what a, Relatively important, highly profitable organizations have <laughs> less right. people than that in it. So that's uh, that's a lot of people to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that in some instances I've heard that, you know, the chief position on, on a journal is not, you know, some people say like, well, you can just delegate a lot of the stuff and it's not as busy as certain other positions. But that's still just having that many people under your purview seems to be a, a big responsibility. I, you know, I, and I think it is. Um, and I'll say I've been incredibly, incredibly fortunate with, with the people that I've gotten to work with, right? They're all very competent. They're bright. They're on top of what they're doing. Um, and so, I, you know, I can't delegate everything. But the things that I do delegate, I can, be, I can feel very confident that they're going to be taken care of well. Um, and I, I've been very lucky in that regard, um, I, you know, particularly the executive board that I work with. Um, Elizabeth Foey, who's our managing editor, is phenomenal, right? And she, I, she definitely works a lot harder than I do. <laughs> That's good. Uh, flattery is a very useful tool. <laughs> Shout out to Elizabeth. Absolutely. Uh, how do you, obviously, with journal being a huge commitment for everybody, a bigger commitment conceivably for you than most. Um, how do you balance it with um, your coursework? Uh, you know, a, a big part of it is just trying to be kind of very intentional and waking up every morning and kind of laying out this is this is what I'm going to be working Step on. One, you know, wake up. Yeah, well, it, you know, exactly. <laughs> Some days it's harder than others. I, um, I know. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, you know, being very intentional and kind of planning out my days and trying to look ahead at kind of what's coming down the pipeline. Um, part of it, I, you know, one of the benefits of being on the board is that I get class credit. Um, and so I've been able to take a lighter course load this year, um, which is really helpful. Um, and, and part of it is is understanding that, you know, sometimes things just need to get done. Um, and, I, you know, I, I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist and, and I, you know, sometimes that works against me a little bit. So. Yeah, I feel like it's tough to be a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you are a perfectionist, you probably go all the way. Yeah. But it, it's funny to me when I think about how at least for the first semester and almost the whole year or one L year you are close to 100% focused on classes and then now the more you get involved and uh, other people have have more commitments and responsibilities it's amazing how much less of my energy and time uh, goes toward 
the basic task of like reading for class. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and it's it's incredible that that becomes it's it's just a much smaller part of. of you know your education in, in the two L and three L years, um, and I, there, there are certainly times where I wish I could go back to like all I had to focus oh, on I know. was it class. Seems great in retrospect. Yeah, no, I just didn't know how good I had it. Uh, yeah, I, this is kind of a theme of, to me of like every um, stage of school. It always seems very easy in retrospect, even if it was painful <laughs> at the time. Absolutely, and I, I mean part of the reason it seems easy looking back is because you've been through it, right? You have, right. Like, if I could do one all over again, knowing what I know now, it'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I had to build up to that point. Right. Yep. Yep. That's for sure. So um, what are the other experiences? We ran through your uh, kind of the, the, the rundown of uh, everything else you've been involved in. But mm-hmm. what, are, what, are, what other experiences um, have been, I guess, formative for you in, in law school besides journal? Uh, you know, well, I mean, journal's been a huge one. Um, I, I've really enjoyed Honor Council. Um, and I think that particularly 1L year was the first thing I got involved in um, that kind of older students were doing, right? And so it was a chance to um, kind of meet, uh, you know, 2L and 3L students. And, um, I, you know, I, I really developed some great mentors and friends that way. Um, and it's also just, I, you know, a big part of the reason that I came to William & Mary was that I, I really liked the citizen lawyer ethic. Um, and I think... Um, you know, the, the honor code and, and the pledge that we're not going to lie, cheat, or steal. You know, I, 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 I really think that's important to the sense of community we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being part of, you know, the institution that's kind of tasked with safeguarding that um, has been something that I, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, that's that's something that, as you suggested earlier, off, off uh, mic, that we'll talk <laughs> about in another episode in, in more detail, but that's certainly something that I don't know how important it is to other schools but it's a big I think it's a big component of our kind of student culture um, and it also complements the citizen lawyer thing which you don't I don't think about it that way normally because you think about it well you're, you're training to become mm-hmm. a lawyer who's going to impact the world in good ways but you don't really consider as much um, that you're supposed to act that way when you're in school too yeah no absolutely and I, and I think that's you know that's kind of the first part to me of being kind of a good citizen lawyer and, and having, you know, this big impact on the world is, is kind of how you treat your immediate community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what kind of, uh, I guess, less formal experiences uh, have kind of helped you get through law school, hobbies, you know, activities that are not necessarily resume stuff? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um so I, I, you know, I really enjoy uh, running, which is kind of a, a solitary thing. Um, but it's nice to have, you know, thirty minutes to an hour a day. Um, you know, if I can do it every day, right. um, but where I, you know, I'm just kind of on my own, and I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to be reading, I don't have to be thinking about things, and uh, you know, it's just time to kind of reflect and relax a little bit. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people might be offended by your characterization of running as relaxing. <laughs> I get it. So I, I have a theory that the reason most people don't like running is that they're they're kind of doing it wrong, right? <laughs> you and said so, this yes, no, and I and I have, and so I'll I'll share my wisdom with uh, you know. Yeah. I, I heard la- on the last episode we have thousands of listeners. So yes, that's, um, uh, verified by what <laughs> effect. Um, and so my my theory is that people. Are, are running wrong, right? They, they go out there and they assume that it has to be hard. And so, I, you know, they, they run to the point where it just it feels really difficult. And if you're running kind of the way you're supposed to, right, you should be able to pretty much hold the conversation 
while you're doing it. And I think that's just a lot slower than most people mm-hmm. think they're supposed to be going. Yes. So that's that's my theory. Step number one. This is the real the, <laughs> the real value of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are running wrong. Right. Do it better. Just relax. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of kind of in the in a similar vein. Um, do, would you have any um, recommendations for? Uh, 1Ls or, you know, prospective law students about kind of how to plan your uh, law school experience and structure it in ways that are, you know, productive, but strike the balance between being busy and and managing stress. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And I think a big part of that is just not taking on too much, right? And it's a mistake I think a lot of law students make because, you know, tend to be kind of type A and we're um, trying to get out there and, and do things. And I, I think it's incredibly important to do that, uh, but but making sure you're not taking on too much. And I think also finding things that you genuinely enjoy doing, right? For me, I, I really like law review. Um, and that's, that's not something you'll hear a lot of people say, right? That they enjoy their journal experience. But I do, and that's, that's a big part of the reason that I wanted to be editor-in-chief, uh, is that I liked it and I wanted to spend more time doing it, um, kind of for that reason. And so I, I think... That's a huge part of it, right? That uh, you know, law school is, is stressful and difficult, but it can also be fun. And, and finding the things that, that make it that way are really important. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think it, I definitely err on the side of, <laughs> as people probably know, like spending more time each day doing stuff I genuinely enjoy. And then you know, you'll always find time to do stuff you have to do. So you might as well try to find um, some rewarding time in your day to read articles, run. Yeah. Do a podcast. Right. Do, yes. two podcasts. Do two podcasts. Shot um, takes is yeah. Scott's other podcast. <laughs> yes. They know. They know. <laughs> uh, but that's, I, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking that they have to be uh, as productive as they can for 16 hours a day, and it's just not realistic. No. Also, and, your work will suffer, by the way. Yeah, no, you're going to get completely burned out. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, yeah. We're on the same page. Yes. <laughs> Might go about it in different ways. <laughs> um, so what are your future plans after law school? And not just in the short term, but like what do you see yourself doing um, over the next, I don't know, five to six decades? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I kind of in the immediate short term after law school, I'm going to be clerking um, for uh, Judge Thomas Wheeler on the Court of Federal Claims uh, up in D.C., um, and then after that, I, I'm looking at um, kind of second clerkship options right now. Um, depending on how that works out, though, uh, I'm going to uh, go back to the firm that I was a summer associate at last summer, which is uh, Covington and Burling, uh, also up in D.C. Um, in terms of the long term, uh, I would really love to be a law professor. Um, and that's, I, you know, I, I've really loved my law school experience. And, um, I, you know, I was listening to... I think it was last year when Professor Larson was on, she talked about how she really liked law school, and so becoming a professor was a way for her to kind of stay in school. Yeah. Um, and I, I would love to do that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I feel like a lot of people, um, I don't know too many people who know right now, uh, who are in school with us, that they want to be a professor. Because mm-hmm. um, it seems like something, when you hear our professors talk about it, and maybe if you follow, like, law podcasts or <laughs> programming or whatever I feel like you find a lot of people who practice for a little while and are either dissatisfied or you know they'd rather do something else and then kind of fall into um, teaching versus people who kind of have that ambition when they're in school so that's um, 
interesting. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And that's and the thing is, you know, I think I would be very happy in law practice, right? I, I, you know, I've enjoyed my summer jobs, and I, I think it's going to be really great to be a lawyer. Um, but I just, I, I love the idea of uh, getting to teach. Um, I enjoy kind of legal research and writing. I, I've got a notebook full of ideas of, you know, papers I'm going to write someday if mm-hmm. I have the time. Um, and so I just, it, it seems like something I'd really enjoy. Yeah, that's, that's something that I, I try to do this with certain things, but it mostly ends up being like basketball. Is <laughs> <laughs> just, just jotting down thoughts or things that strike you and like maybe someday you'll be able to revisit them in this catalog of yeah. ideas but I don't do it enough and I just constantly think about all the stuff I've learned and forgotten and is gone now yeah. because I didn't record it yeah. um, so that's you, it sounds like yeah you could, you could already have your academic career well um, I, I, <laughs> depends on the quality of the yeah. ideas right we'll see if they're still relevant yeah in, absolutely you know, four or five administrations yeah uh, that's before we totally get off that, um, yeah. I feel like it would be good to talk at least a little bit about the um, clerkship track and how people um, go through the process of applying, interviewing, and then getting them. And then, as you mentioned, it's a kind of multi-tier thing where <laughs> <laughs> there's time limits um, on specific clerkships. And then I guess, you know, you can years ahead of time look for second ones and yeah. things like that. Because this is a... This is something that's very important to um, a lot of people's professional development. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it, I mean, it's a it's a really weird process, right? And I, the new hiring plan hopefully fixes some of this. Um, but the the one that um, you know I have, I applied for you know last year. It was two L fall, um, and I, I had it November of last year. Is you know like two years before I was going to be starting. Um, and so it is, it, it's a very kind of bizarre process, but I, you know, happy to go into kind of more specifics. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, I, I, cause this is something that a lot of people end up doing. It's very useful. And mm-hmm. yet, uh, I feel like you don't know anything about it right. until you start law school. People yeah. know like, oh, I'm going to go to law school. I'm, I want to work for a law firm or I want to work for a attorney general's office or something. They don't really know anything about it. It seems to me, again, disclaimer <laughs> on all this stuff, my impression of other people's impressions it seems like they don't know much about clerkships until you get into the, the, the meat of the process. Well, yeah, no, and I, and I you know, had kind of the same impression. I, I came into law school, and I'd heard of, you know, Supreme Court justices having clerks, right. but, but really beyond that. You didn't realize how important it is to clerk for, like, a Virginia Circuit Court judge. <laughs> right. Um, and I just, I, you know, and I, I hadn't heard much about it, um, and it was something one L year. Professor Stern um, talked about it, and he said it's... Um, kind of one of the anomalies of the legal profession, right? That you have these people kind of right out of law school who get to go right to the top of the profession and work with people who are kind of at the peak, um, you know, as, as incredibly, you know, fresh professionals. Um, and so it's something, I, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing because, uh, you know, I'll get to be in chambers with the judge and, and uh, you know, helping to, to shape you know, his understanding. Actually of, write the opinions. Right, yeah. No, I'll get to, you know, I'll draft the opinions. And, um, <laughs> Supreme Court clerks are low-key some of the most powerful people in the world, if you really think about it that way. No, they really are. <laughs> well, especially because they're the ones who review all the, the petitions for certiorari, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the justices who are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the first kind of look at those uh, is, is the clerks, um, which is an incredibly powerful position to be in when you kind of have control over what cases the justices even consider taking yeah actually should give people a lot of pause (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) you talk about it like this or you know to be fair the supreme court hires 
the smartest law students in the entire country. Oh, yeah, no. They're... And then I guess some people who, I don't know, they're not all fresh law students, right? No, I they do I, now hire. Most of them clerk for at least one judge, usually like a circuit right. court judge, um, before doing it. Some of them, I think, even have kind of substantial yeah. experience practicing. Mm-hmm. It would seem that you would want those people, but I guess the tradition is we take the relatively fresh-faced. Um, yeah, no. That's I, traditionally how it's always been done. People. <laughs> I would imagine that's a prereq. Well, I think it's it's the Harvard Law Review yeah. type people. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's good. No, but I think that was a good uh, kind of preview of what, the, yeah. what that's like. Um, this is what happens when you get on podcasts. You never know where it's going to go. What Absolutely, are going to yeah. come out. Um, do you have any other uh, thoughts about uh, law school or any other wisdom you want to? Um, impart onto our thousands of listeners <laughs> well i you know i certainly I, I guess beyond my running wisdom don't have uh I, you know too much wisdom of my own to share but I, I think i mean so the best advice i got uh when i was coming into law school um was not to be so focused on like being a law student that i forgot to enjoy it um and i, I think that's really really important right being a law student is awesome it opens up kind of uh, you know it's a whole new world um, and, you know, you get to focus on issues that are at kind of the forefront of our, you know, national consciousness. Um, and it's just, I, you know, that's a really, really neat experience that not a lot of people get to have. And I, you know, I, I kind of have to constantly remind myself that you know, when I'm getting kind of stressed or frustrated. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was just really phenomenal advice I got from a college professor. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, I actually, I feel like I didn't, um, I got more advice because I did take a couple years not off I kind of resent that phrase like I wasn't doing nothing for oh yeah yeah but (laughs) I was working at a a law firm fortunately actually for these purposes and I I feel like that was invaluable because you get to basically bounce ideas off actual lawyers get their impressions of law school find out what you can do Um, yeah but certainly if you're undergraduate then that's a good resource also yeah Um, so that's uh, yeah we're just Improving lives here on the podcast. <laughs> Doing what Improving, we can. <laughs> more importantly, law school experiences. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's about all I have for Noah. And unless he has anything else to add, uh, we can basically wrap up. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, that's all I had. Thank you okay. very much for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, it was uh, Again, I appreciate taking you taking some time out of your day to uh, join the podcast. Um, next week, I don't want to promise an episode, but I think we're going to have sit down with a couple professors. Um, again, I don't want to promise their identities because <laughs> I don't want anybody getting mad at them if we don't work out a time. But I, I do know that the next time we uh, record Office Hours, almost said shot takes, uh, <laughs> there will be a new student co-host. I'm pleased to welcome on Davis McKinney, who is a 1L and expressed interest in uh, helping me with the podcast this year and then hopefully taking it over next year. Um, he was a journalism major at North Carolina, so he's pretty well-versed in uh, the, the broadcast stuff and also the probably more hard-hitting journalistic style, <laughs> style that I lack despite, you know, reading articles and <laughs> listening to lots of podcasts. So very excited to have Davis on next week or whenever we record. And uh, thanks to Noah again, and thanks for listening to this episode of Office Hours. Have a wonderful afternoon, night, whenever you listen to this. Uh, a nice time.